is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, you hate events like this. You just hate them. When you watch these kids running from a school, you listen to them afterwards, they're scared to death. You hate them. I, I just wish... At times like this, we could just turn off every single politician. And I guess that would mean many of the cable TV shows. Why do we need to hear from any politicians right now? Why do we need to hear from a Senator Nelson from Florida? He doesn't know anything. Why do we need to hear from a senator from Connecticut who's running around talking about gun control? Why do we need to hear from any of these politicians? Why do the media in this country think that that relates in some relevant way to this shooting that took place in Broward County, Florida at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland? Now, the effects have stayed essentially the same for the last couple of hours. Here's the Miami Herald. Updated just a few minutes ago. The former students suspected of opening fire. Excuse me. I'm still fighting this damn flu. And Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland may have been identified uh, a potential threat to fellow students in the past, according to one teacher. A 19-year-old ex-student who's been detained by Broward police has not been publicly identified as a suspect. A law enforcement source identified him as Nicholas Cruz. We're told last year that he wasn't allowed on campus with a backpack on him, said math teacher Jim Gard, who said Cruz had been in his class last year. There were problems with him last year threatening students, and I guess he was asked to leave campus. The Broward County School District Superintendent, however, told reporters that he didn't know of any concerns raised about the student. He said, We received no warnings, Superintendent Robert Runcy told reporters outside the school. Potentially there could have been signs out there, but we didn't have any warning or phone calls or threats that were made. As for Guard, he said he believes the school administration earlier sent out an email warning teachers that the student made threats against others in the past, that he should not be allowed on the campus with a backpack. Another student interviewed on the scene by WSVN7 said the student had guns at home and talked about using them. Now, Cruz was detained a little bit ago, transported to a Broward Health North, to Broward Health North in Pompano Beach, and he's since been moved from there because I just watched it on TV. Now here's a report from News 7 Miami, Parkland, Florida. WSVN, the Broward County School Superintendent, Robert Runcie, is 
confirmed that there have been numerous fatalities following a shooting at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland by a former student. Federal official identified the shooter as Nicholas Cruz. Broward Sheriff's Office confirmed they took the suspect into custody in connection to the shooting that injured as many as 14 victims. And we do not know the number of fatalities. There have been conflicting numbers. We'll, we'll know soon enough. Speaking to reporters a couple hours ago, superintendent said, I don't know the number that's been transported at this point. Students said he saw bodies in the school. I heard a lot of gunshots, he said, and then right after, when the police let us out, there's dead bodies everywhere, said a student. There were two there, and then when I kept walking, there were more. And I saw that student interviewed, and the student said, I believe they saw four people on the ground. The gunshots rang out close to school dismissal. It was the end of the school day, said Melissa Flakowski, a teacher at the school. The fire alarm went off. We went to evacuate as if it was a fire drill. We got 15, 20 steps out of the classroom. We were told we were on code red. We ran back inside of the classroom, crouched down on the floor, and then we moved into the closet. The teacher said she heard from another teacher that noticed bodies. A friend of mine teaches in the freshman building, she said, and she said, as she was leaving, there were bodies on the floor. Now, I said to my wife, can you imagine being a parent right about now with your kid going to that school? The cell lines uh, became busy very, very quickly because there's only so many cell towers and everybody's calling everybody. So you can't get through uh, to your kid. The streets are backed up. You can't get to the school. <clears throat> Excuse me. It has to be absolutely frightening. Absolutely frightening. And there'll be more debates, more discussions, I'm sure, here and elsewhere. But what do you do about this? It's going to be a question that goes on till the end of time. It's going to be a question that goes on well after my life and your life. Sure, there are things you can do to try and minimize such shootings. Uh, in terms of uh, protecting the school, we've talked about this before. Uh, but evil is evil. And I don't know any time in world history, in any society, that it can be completely controlled. The answer is it can't be. And back to the politicians. I don't care what they say. I don't care how many times they say it. I don't care how emotional and passionate they are. They don't know what to do either. Some seek to exploit. Some say things in earnest. And we will be lectured and we will be browbeaten. But I cannot think of any law that can outlaw evil. That can prevent it. There was this, many decades ago, this, this treaty that was signed by many of the countries of the world called the Kellogg-Briand Treaty. You're welcome to look it up, Google it. 
And this agreement or treaty, if you will, <clears throat> uh, the signatories agreed uh, to outlaw war. But you can't outlaw war. How can you outlaw war? Any more than you can outlaw evil. You put laws in place. The laws in place really are for the law abiding. You put laws in place, try and prevent accidents and so forth. But if people are sick, if people really want to hurt other people, sometimes they can be stopped, sometimes they cannot be stopped. Sometimes they cannot be stopped. What I told you from these two stories is all we know right now about what took place in this school in Florida. That's all we know. I don't believe in repeating myself. I don't believe in doing what TV calls a loop over and over and over and over again to prop up ratings or they have nothing else to say. That's okay. But we can't do that here. We will continue to monitor all the news wires. We will continue to monitor all the best sites. We'll continue to monitor our own network news, ABC and so forth. That said, uh, unless there's more information that comes out, there's really nothing else I can say about it. And I'm really not going to turn this show today anyway into debate over gun control or no gun control or something else. It'll start on MSNBC and CNN. It'll start with the left. And let it start there. We have our humanity. We have our decency. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's going to be a uh, law enforcement news conference in a little bit. See that, Mr. Producer? We'll we'll uh, we'll take it live uh, when we see it when it starts. So uh, you won't miss anything here. We'll stay on top of this. Um, when there's breaking news like this, we don't ignore it. On the other hand, unless I have new information, um, we just can't keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. You know, I was thinking during the break, we had moments of silent prayer, days of silent prayer. Wouldn't it be nice if we had days of silent politicians? I mean this quite seriously. So we, the American people, can process things, uh, in a matter like this, without politics. But they're not going to allow it, I can assure you. So we're going to cover some of the other issues. And um, we'll cover some of the other issues, and then we'll uh, we'll come back to this as we have the uh, live law enforcement news conference, or if there's any other news that I can relate to you. Now, there was a hearing yesterday... And I covered a great length on Levin TV tonight, but I want to talk about it in some, to some extent now here on the radio, about uh, the threats that the nation faces. And you had the Director of National Intelligence, Coates. You had the FBI Director, Pompeo. Uh, excuse me, CIA Director. You had the FBI Director, Ray. You had the Director of the NSA, and you had others. And to a person... They were warning of Iran, North Korea, 
Russia, but especially China. China. I've been talking about this a long time. I'm talking about trade and so forth. I'm talking about the national security threat that China is. And Bill Gertz covers it over there at the Washington Free Beacon, too. And they warn that China poses a major security threat by stealing and buying sensitive American technology. Chinese companies linked to the Chinese government are using a variety of methods, including cyber attacks and acquisitions of American companies, to gain access to cutting-edge know-how. Coates said countering covert Chinese technology acquisition remains a top priority of intelligence agencies and that addressing the problem will require greater efforts than in the past. Let me just sum some of this up because I watched some of this. watched a lot of it. The Chinese are committing serial and numerous acts of war against our military, against the government, in the larger context, and against American industry. The Chinese are stealing our secrets in order to advance their military. They now have a stealth fighter. They didn't invent stealth. We invented the technology behind that, but they stole it. They go into our databases and they steal information about individuals. They go into corporate databases and they steal plans and architectures and information about materiel and all the rest. They're now even in our school systems. We've talked about this. The Confucius Institutes, which have an enormous amount of money. These colleges and universities pick them up. And these Confucius Institutes have as their purpose not to talk about, Mr. Producer, get ready for the live uh, news conference. Not for the purpose, really, of advancing cultural connections between the countries and understandings. No. They're not only propaganda mills, they're spy nests. The Chinese are making inroads in our hemisphere and all over the world. Building bases and doing that sort of thing. All right, do we have a live feed, Rich, or don't we? Yes or no, in my ear. Local uh, uh, public safety entities. I want to thank everyone from public safety from the bottom of my heart. Scott for your Israel, the Sheriff today. Broward County. Um, the FBI and uh, the Broward Sheriff's Office will be doing the crime scene investigation and the uh, follow-up to this horrific, horrific incident. As I said before, this incident it may, it truly makes me sick to my stomach. Um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's horrible. It's catastrophic. And the, um, they were saddened to say that uh, 17 people lost their lives. Uh, oh. 12 people within the building, um, two people just outside the building, one person out on Pine Island Road, and two people lost their lives uh, in the hospital. There are people that are still undergoing surgery, and um, just pray for this city, pray for this school, the parents, the, 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 the folks that lost their lives. It's a horrific, horrific day. As I said before, my, my triplets attend, graduated from Stone Douglas High School, and uh, uh, it's just horrible, absolutely horrible. And uh, we will uh, 
continually ask you in the media to continually put out the message. If you see something, say something. If anybody has any indicator that someone's going through a behavioral change or on their social media that there are disturbing photos, perhaps bombs or firearms or uh, just, you know, videos or pictures that are, are, are just not right, that there's something, please make sure law enforcement knows about it. Uh, we're already, you can follow us on Twitter. We're going to put out numbers where people can uh, can possibly call and what have you. Sheriff Phil Keating, Fox News. Uh, are all of the victims, uh, all of the wounded and fatalities students, or is it a mixture of students and teachers? And can you give anything on motive at this point? We don't know. Excuse me, if you're going to report, can you move back? Because I keep hearing you. Can you go back there and do that, though? It's, it's very distracting. Could you get back to whether they're students, teachers, a mixture of both? A mixture. I don't know if there are any teachers, but uh, there will be, uh, you know, there's certainly students and uh, certainly adults. there will be one, so our investigators will uh, We're, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, what we're going to do, Mr. Producer, we will pick it up from here. We will record this. As soon as we return, we will continue with the uh, live press conference by the uh, Sheriff of Broward County, 17 dead. 17. I'll be right back. All right. Well, we're going to pick up uh, where we left off with the uh, Broward County Sheriff and his news conference. Go ahead. I believe there will be one. So our investigators have, uh, that's a great question. Our investigators have certainly uh, began uh, dissecting social media and looking at the website and the uh, uh, Nicholas, I think we spell his name, N-I-K-O-L-A-S, Cruz was the killer. Uh, he is in custody, and we've already began to uh, began to dissect his websites and the things that social media that he was on, and some of the things that have come to mind are very, very disturbing. Do you have wounds, injuries? What can you tell us about him? We understand he may be a former He's 19 years old. Uh, he was born in 1998 in September. He was a former student of Douglas High School. Uh, he got expelled for disciplinary reasons. I don't know the specifics. I think he might have surfaced at Taravella High School. We're still trying to confirm that. Uh, and this morning when he woke up, whether he was a student or not, I don't know. Did you, uh, can you speak to the number of weapons either had and whether or not we heard that a fire alarm was pulled off? Was that in anticipation of the shooting taking place? I don't know anything about the firearm at this point. It, uh, he had uh, countless magazines, uh, multiple magazines. And at this point, we believe he had one AR. <laughs> 15 rifle. I don't know if he had a second weapon. Can you speak to the, the fire alarm that was pulled? I know nothing about it. Did he say anything uh, when he was apprehended and he was taken to Broward Health North? What are his injuries and how did he get him? Yeah, he's, I think he's left Broward General North. I don't think his injuries were anything significant. I believe he's unroute or has arrived at the public safety building. The investigation will continue. I will keep Broward County informed. Uh, anything that we uncover, anything that's important and uh, to the media, you know, uh, we will. I know it's going to be a long night for uh, a long night for all of us. But uh, you know, on behalf of my family and the BSO family, just continue, please, to pray for these victims and these families. And uh, we'll give you a briefing the next you, time there's something happens. Do you have a quick timeline from when the first shot was fired and the first one? No. Can you go over the? 
number of fatalities and the victims again? Yeah. We have 17 confirmed victims. Twelve victims were within the building. Two victims are outside, just outside the building. One victim is on the street at the corner of Pine Island. And two folks, people lost their lives at the hospital. You think this kid woke up this morning and just held bent on causing massive destruction at a school? I have no idea. Do you believe the shooting started outside and went inside, or did he go inside and went inside? Is there any idea? It started outside and went inside. Thank you. Okay, so what we're able to parse together here is 12 people were murdered inside the school. Two people were murdered outside the school. First the two outside, then the 12 inside, and one person died at the hospital. There's still people at the hospital being treated. Hopefully it won't be mortal, but who knows. There's some reporting saying that he went into the school and triggered the fire alarm. So people would start running into the hallways and obviously make it easier for him to kill as many people as possible. Now, unfortunately, and I say this unfortunately, this subhuman mass murder is alive. And he didn't put up a fight. He was taken into custody, and there are some, you can go on the Internet, you can see the the police doing that. Now, I do want to say this. Here we have a horrific, horrific event. And who do we rely on? The police. The police. And you have police who went into that building looking for him. You have police who have spouses, who have children, some grandchildren. They're the first on the scene. They have to see the carnage and the horror, but they have to keep their emotions aside. They have to do their jobs. And in every such incident, that's exactly what they do, our police. They practice this all the time. The SWAT teams, other units, all the time they're practicing. They're getting ready for the ugly side of humanity. For the ugly side of humanity. Man-made horror. We have natural disasters. These horrific fires in California and out west. You have uh, these terrible hurricanes. Earthquakes that take out entire communities. Tornadoes. The cut through towns, the police, and the firefighters, and the emergency personnel. In a case like this, it's the police. And the debate that will ensue, that's already ensuing and that we're ignoring tonight, Rather than run to the Senate floor, rather than run to a reporter and thank the police. The first thing on a politician's mind is what, Mr. Producer? Politics. 
always politics. You don't, <coughs> excuse me, you don't get to be the best among politicians. One of 100 people elected to the United States Senate, one of 50 people elected governors and so forth. Unless you're really, really good at it. And unfortunately, there are people among us who are politicians, just as there were such politicians among the Romans, among the Athenians, and so forth. Who, for them, a day like this is more about politics than anything else. I want to discourage you from listening to them on this Valentine's evening. On this Valentine's massacre. I want to discourage you from listening to them. They expect you to listen to them. They think you want to hear what they have to say. Many of you already know what they're going to say. Depending on the politician. So the information is still coming in. But I just want to give a, a again a sober thought about this. This is about our fellow man. This is about these students and teachers and others who were in this school. It's not about a political agenda. It's not about a policy agenda. There are elements in our society that just want to divide us all the time, every time. That's what they want to do. That's what they live for. This is who they are. But it's not who we are, is it? No, I don't think so. So 17 are dead in this Florida school. Two killed immediately outside the building. Twelve killed inside the building. And I guess the others perished at the hospital. 17 dead, doesn't much matter where they died, they're dead. And the Broward County Sheriff uh, said, yes, there's children among them. So somebody's babies are gone. It's unimaginable. Evil is unimaginable. Evil is unimaginable. That's why you and I and the rest of our fellow citizens, when it comes to evil, we reject it, we fight it, we oppose it, so forth and so on. Some people think, again, that we can control evil. You can control it to a point, but that's it. You can control it to a point. Just like you can control climate, right? Well, no, you really can't. You can't control Mother Nature. You can't control earthquakes and hurricanes and floods. You can't control it. We're mere human beings. That's all we are. We're imperfect human beings. And some are more imperfect than others. Some are more imperfect than others. And they go over the edge. Or they have hate in their heart. They're born with it. They learn it. We don't know. But these politicians do not have the answers. Whether it's more laws, more regulations, more mental examinations, whatever it is. 
And when you think about it, when something like this does not happen, which is most of the time, repeat, when something like this does not happen, which is most of the time, these debates on Capitol Hill, these newscasts are so trivial. They're so meaningless. They're so absurd. Are they not? I think they are. I think they are. All right. Let me see if I can pull my call screen up here. Take a call. Juan, a trucker in Florida on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Juan? Mark Levin, I'm hurting right now. Uh, I just want to tell you my heart and prayer goes out to the parents, the students, the faculty of that place. Uh, it, it's horrible. Uh, I just heard through you that it went from two to 16. Amazing. 17. Horrible. 17, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a school teacher for four and a half years. I was a high school teacher. I saw back in the 80s how violent was getting into our schools. And certain things that we needed to change were not changed. Uh, I don't want to get into politics. What I would like to say is we need to start fighting the enemy that we have inside our nation that is poisoning our children's mind, their brains with uh, violence in our TVs, on play games, on, on the movies, Hollywood. Uh, I mean, we need to stop. We need to stop. Juan, let me, let me ask you a question, Juan. What would be so horrible about silent prayer in the classroom? Those who don't want to participate can stay seated. What would be so horrible about the Ten Commandments in the lobby? People who don't want to read them don't read them. But, I mean, how can you disagree with the Ten Commandments, quite frankly? What would be so horrible about breathing life back into our culture rather than accepting this sort of empty, mindless, as you point out, uh, Hollywood-driven type of uh, type of cultural rot? Because they need to take God away from us. They need to take him away from... It's the only way that we'll fight evil. And they need to take God away. That's what they're doing it. And we need to have... We need to take control. The FCC is nothing but a joke. You see on the radio, you see on TV, you see on Hollywood. I mean, the radio... But, but you know, on the courts have pushed every semblance of faith outside of these government schools. They've pushed them out of the schools. True. It's hard to fight back against that. But we need to. We need to do it. We're doing it in our church. We're doing it in our home. But unfortunately, it's too much the influence that, that is out there in the outside. We cannot take the phones away from our young kids. I have a girl in high school. You know, she's 16. My mom works. I'm out on the road. You know, that's the only communication that she has. There's no public phones anymore. So if you take that phone away from her, what do you have? And if you let her have it, she's open to going to the Internet. My daughter is, is very strict, very straightforward. But, you know, they, they can get into so many websites. I mean, today I heard that there were two bombs in that school, that he went into a Jew tube. How can we allow this to happen in, in, in our country? All right, Juan. Thank you for your call. 
We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Surgeons who are giving a press conference now, so we'll skip our commercial, bring it back next hour. Go ahead. Through a Broward Health system, we received 17 patients. At Broward Health North, we received eight patients and one suspect. <clears throat> the suspect was treated and released in police custody. Of our eight patients, we had two mortalities, three in critical condition, and three are stable. I cannot disclose that. Can you repeat again? I'm sorry. I think the first sentence you said, you said 17 patients at Broward Health North. I don't believe that's No, no. System-wide in Broward Health, there was a total of 17 patients. System-wide. Nine here, seven Broward General, and one at Coral Springs. Can you talk about what type of injuries you're seeing? How serious are these? <clears throat> of the eight patients that we had, not including the suspect, two mortalities, Three in critical condition, three stable. But what are you seeing? Uh, what kind of wounds? Out of respect for the family members, out of respect for our patients, we're not going to disclose that information. Must be absolutely gruesome. <clears throat> yes, they are. They're all gunshot with victims. Okay. So sometimes we see people that are trampled on their way out or sustain other sorts of injuries, so that's why we wanted to Orders clarify that. So every all eight victims here, those were all gunshot wounds, correct? Some sort of gunshot wounds. That is correct. Can you elaborate on the ages of the patients that were brought here? Again, we can't talk about the age or um, any information related to the patients or the respect to the families. Can you talk about, um, were you guys, I know you guys were in lockdown, was this a, can you describe for us as, a, as just a mass casualty incident, what was it like inside as these patients were coming here after the shooting? Sure. So um, we work very closely with our pre-hospital personnel, fire rescue, on scene, in conjunction with Broward Sheriff Office, pre-hospital, communicates information to us. <clears throat> we routinely run drills at our institution to be ready for instances like this. <clears throat> so we have a process in place that gets initiated, so there's calm, collected care, that our patients receive. Can you tell us anything about the fatalities, uh, at least their ages? Do, they, do you believe they're students, uh, possibly people that are working at the school? We prefer not to comment on our patients and respect for our patients. Can you talk about just personally, I mean, seeing this sort of thing, knowing that they, I mean, just as human beings outside of being doctors, you know, treating these people who... By the way, these doctors look absolutely, absolutely exhausted. It's not the worst event of their lives, and you know, having the responsibility of treating these people and, and you know, ensuring the best outcome that they can have. I mean, how does that affect you all, um, just as human beings? Well, we we do this every day. So what we saw today, we have penetrating trauma, non-penetrating trauma. We level two trauma center, and that's what we do every day. So fortunately for everybody. We were located very close to the high school where this uh, shooting happened. So fortunately for everybody, they brought these patients to our hospital, and we were able to do a great job to, to do the right thing. 
How do you, um, the suspect was brought here. I know you can't say much about, you know, his medical condition or whatever but for, for a lot of people at home you know they might be surprised that the suspect was being brought here how do you guys kick in the Hippocratic Oath and, and do your job and knowing what this All right, folks uh, most of these reporters are knuckleheads no question about it I can't fix that nobody can we will be right back If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know what? Let's throw the playbook out the window. The phones have been jammed. People want to talk about this, so we're going to talk about it. It is talk radio after all, isn't it? So I'm interested in your thoughts. John, Chicago, Illinois, the great WLS, a police officer. How are you, John? Oh, good, Mark. How are you? Pretty good. Thank you, sir. Now, I'll be quick, Mark. Um, I, what you've been saying about evil, okay, I've, I've been saying it for 20 years, okay? When are we going to provide security in these schools that our kids need, okay? you got these whack-job politicians that make it sound like if you have armed security guards, oh, they're going to be walking around with assault rifles. That's not how it works. You know, and, and look, everybody's got an opinion, and everybody's going to weigh in on what should and shouldn't be done. Okay, but you fight fire with fire, Mark. That's how you get rid of evil. Okay, and these are going to continue to happen as long as the school systems are run by liberals and they don't want armed security inside of these schools. You know, I'm a little tired of these guys walking in and blowing the place apart, too, without anybody there to uh, to stop them, except their own desire to move on. I, I, don't, I don't get it either. I really don't. As a police officer, Mark, I've, I, I gotta be honest with you. If this little, and you know what, for, for all intensive purposes, I'm gonna call him a punk. If this little punk thinks he's gonna walk into a school where there's armed off-duty police officers in there and he's gonna wreak this kind of havoc, it's not gonna happen, Mark. It's not gonna happen. The, these incidents can be prevented. Okay, and this is gonna continue to happen. Maybe, maybe at least limited, right? Well, you're limited a lot. Once again, he sh now, he shot two people outside on his way in. 
They're going to, of course, obviously it would be limited. And when I say limited, look, I'm not talking about police officers walking around the hallways of schools. You know, you strategically place an officer in one area and an officer in another area. This guy doesn't make it through the front doors. I mean, and, and if he does, I mean, by, by, just by chance, he does make it through the front doors, okay? Law enforcement is already on their way. Already on their way. I just, uh, you know what, I've been, I've been, it's, it's awful. Uh, why, why do you think there's resistance to this, which is so commonsensical? Struggle. And, What's, you know, this, let, let, let me, let me ask you something. Why do you think there's resistance to this, even though it's so commonsensical? I, I think because there's politicians that just are anti-gun. Uh, that's one of the reasons. Uh, one of the other reasons is they don't want to admit that an armed security guard, which means that armed security guard has a gun, can help prevent or deter a lot of these problems. The other thing is, Mark, you got to remember, a lot of these kids that are thinking about doing this are going to think twice when they know, oh, wait a minute. That school's got a two armed security guards. That changes the mindset of the criminal, Mark. Just like when you walk. And, and by the way, that changes the mindset of the criminal everywhere. It's e- even even burglars. If they know you have a security alarm, or you have a weapon in your house, they go to the guy next door. Absolutely. But then again, I, I guess common sense is gone uh, when it comes right. to politicians, at least. Officer, you take care of yourself. We appreciate what all you're doing there in Chicago. God bless you. We have some really good clearance now in Chicago, Illinois, our affiliate on WLS. We appreciate it. So our brothers and sisters in Chicago can actually hear the show. That's good. Mark Milford, Indiana, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, how are you doing tonight? All right, sir. Thank you. Well, my heart's up my throat, another uh, shooting. But, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, you know, I was born in the 50s, grew up through the 60s, and... and I've watched a lot of changes in my lifetime, and one of the ones that I've watched and is the fundamental issue and problem to all of our societal problems, and that's the destruction of the family unit. And that began, that began in 1967 with the Great Society programs, and, and I'm sure you remember uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, who was probably the most no, liberal, yes. uh, of liberal. And at the time, I believe he was the labor secretary, so this would have been before he was a senator. He famously quoted after all the uh, uh, programs had been signed off, he said, this is the beginning of the end of our society as we know it. How prophetic he was. And if you are a student of history, every great society falls from within the rot that, that has wreaked our society since then because the family unit is broke where fundamentals of just common courtesy, values, work ethic, all the things that you and I see on a daily basis in this country started back then. My wife is a Vietnamese, and in Asia, the family units are very strong. When a woman gets pregnant, guess what they do? They go to the they go to the husband's family, and if they can't work out an arrangement, they send the woman out of town. And there's a, t- a stigmatism attached to it. Now, maybe you can say that's a little radical, but their family units are strong. Their kids are taught to be respectful. They're taught to work. 
all the things that used to go on in this country, we threw away. And everyone's scratching their heads saying, what has happened? Thank you, Mr. Democrats. Thank you, LBJ Johnson. Oh, and during that same time period, they stole our Social Security. And now, since it is a budget item, right, they want to start cutting that. How awful. And we're still giving money away to people to not to work and to destroy the families. When is it going to stop? But that's the fundamental issue. So the fundamental issue, as far as you're concerned, is the 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 culture, the uh, the sick culture that's being created, and and that is uh, really devouring other aspects of our society. I don't know how old you are, but I can remember in the '60s when my older brother. I'm too old. When they started living together, and they thought that was the next best thing to fly spread. Well, so you had the confluence of that going on because they said, well, then you don't have to get married and it's easy just to take off. And then you have the programs of the Great Society feeding that narrative. And this is now, now this at. is all this is all true. But as far as we know, we know nothing about this guy's family. Could be perfectly wonderful family. Could be a religious family. Uh, he could have been raised uh, in a very wonderful way, and he could have turned out to be a uh, a psychopath. Well, we have lots of wonderful families. Doesn't mean that we have lots of wonderful parents. Parents. Yeah, but we, but we, we, but we don't know in this case. We just don't know enough. All right, Mark. Thank you for your input. Much appreciated. Let's go to is it Zan, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WNTP. Uh, yeah. Hi, Mark. What uh, is your name? It is Zan. Yeah, Zan. A, okay, very good. Spelling. No. Um, oh, sorry. What was that? Go right ahead. Well, I am a, uh, a sophomore in um, high school, and uh, at, at our school there is no security at all. I'm surprised that nothing has happened yet. Honestly, it's uh, it's really bad. Uh, almost all the windows are glass. You know, um, it's easy just to prop a door open, and it's there's no alarm system on the doors, and we have no security. It's probably but you raise a good point. I sit here and listen to you. You're a sophomore. You're somebody's kid. And we send all of our kids into these, these government schools, into these facilities. Uh, and so if you have evil people who want to do evil things, they know exactly where to go. And they know that, what is it, nine times out of ten, 99% out of 100 of our schools that they'll be able to do enormous amount of damage. And it just seems to me if we truly love our children, and we do, that we need to insist that there be some kind of protection in these facilities and in these schools. Again, I'm not casting aspersions on, on this school system. What I'm saying is I know exactly what you're talking about. And to have a hall monitor or a teacher at the front asking people to sign up for passes that's crazy. That does nothing. All right, Zan, we appreciate your call. Now we'll go from Zan to Zev, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go ahead. Hey, Mark. Um, so I just wanted to point out a point that was brought up by the police officer before and the caller before, which is that these gun-free zones are basically turning our students into sitting ducks. Recently in Texas, as you know, they 
you know, change the campus carry law. And you don't see mass shootings in Texas all of a sudden, which is what the liberals were all worried about. I mean, they even had professors showing up wearing military garb because they're so insanely fearful. But basically, I mean, gun-free zones turn people into sitting ducks. That's my point. And haven't we really learned this? I mean, it's like these gun-free movie theaters and that nut job in Aurora, Colorado goes in there and blows away people left and right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, and it also doesn't take into account the fact that the only people who are actually going to follow the gun laws anyway are the people who are law-abiding citizens, the point you constantly make yourself. So, I mean, really, the only – I mean, I don't agree with the previous caller that said you can eradicate evil. I don't think evil can be fixed. I think evil exists in the I, world. I don't either. I think you have to be able to try and limit it and confront it, but I don't think you can certainly eradicate it. Exactly. The only thing you can do is fight it head on as hard as you possibly can and with persistence. And so uh, I believe that, you know, arming not I, I don't even think just one or two guards. I think teachers should be armed as well. I think the, the administration should be armed. I'm, I'm a teacher who I, I currently work in tech in Silicon Valley, but I used to be a teacher here in the Bay Area. And, you know, there was there was no uh, there was no security at the school. And I would have loved it to have been able to take my Kimber to class just in case, you know. All right, my friend. We appreciate your call. People are making a lot of sense to me. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, higher education these days is insane. Students storm faculty offices. They riot when conservative speakers visit. Grievance lists, safe spaces, identity politics have turned higher education into something lower. But not everywhere. There's a place where students can debate ideas openly and honestly, where they can pursue truth together with their professors in a respectful manner, where the students and faculty have integrity, Hillsdale College. Every student at Hillsdale lives by an honor code. It's not a list of do's and don'ts, but a simple pledge. And here it is. A Hillsdale College student is honorable in conduct, Honest in word and deed, dutiful in study and service, and respectful of the rights of others. And through education, the student rises to self-government. That's it. Every freshman commits to follow that code. And throughout their Hillsdale education, their character is built to be true, beautiful, and good. Hillsdale graduates serve our country as teachers, doctors, stay-at-home moms, lawyers, journalists, you name it. The excellent education they receive coupled with the honor code, produces successful, excellent human beings. And you can learn more about this amazing place at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N, levinforhillsdale.com. It is an amazing place with an amazing culture, too. Shelby, Springfield, Missouri, the great KSGF. Go, sir. Mr. Mark, Shelby Bodenhammer, thank you. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I uh, I was an Arkansas State Trooper. I even worked uh, some security detail when Mr. Clinton flew into Gentry, Arkansas, to open the airport up. I left there and become a school teacher in Springfield, Missouri. Worked uh, there in two settings. Both were alternative settings. Taking my experience from law enforcement into the classroom, I've listened to your commentators. They've got great, great information. You've done a wonderful job. 
I will tell you, as a former highway patrolman going into the classroom, those kids in the alternative setting, they could be 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, all the way up through because no child left behind allows these 20-year-olds to be in classrooms. Are you, are you talking about kids with, with problems and other kids, special ed kids? What, what are you talking about? Well, I, I taught in the regular setting uh, part of the time, some AP biology classes, and I spent my last year and a half with, uh, uh, they call it the alternative school. So it was students that had done things, maybe they'd become uh, uh, parents, maybe they had been in trouble by the law, maybe they just didn't fit into the regular classroom. They could go to the alternative school if they met certain requirements, and then they could be somewhat uh, re rehabilitated is what they called it a few years ago, back into the regular classroom, or they could get a GED equivalent in the setting. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. kind of worked, uh, I've worked both. So what's your message? My message is every kid that comes through my classroom, because of my background, they questioned whether I had a gun, they knew I had the training. If we could get law enforcement today, they don't have to be shining bright. They don't have to have guns and badges and come in there like the police officers on the streets. But if students know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, if they know someone is in that building that has some training in it, from my experience with teaching for seven years, they would never walk in the door with a gun in fear of coming in contact with someone that wouldn't extend grace to them, as they like to call it, or a forgiveness, that would meet them at the door with, uh, uh, whenever they presented the threat, they would meet that threat head on. Today in the classroom... Well, you know, you make a very good point, as did the other officer, and I'll tell you why. When these things occur and begin to unravel, there's never really a gunfight, is there? There is slaughter, slaughter that occurs in the room, in the school. That's what takes place. Absolute slaughter because people have no way to defend themselves. That's it. it they, I got hired at my last position because the boys in the school were beating up the girls. Mm. I'm not, a, Mark, I'm not a big man. I'm not a mean man. These are our kids. I've got kids. I picked my 14-year-old daughter up today from a high school. And I can tell you, this is our future. But they hired me because I could go into a classroom Mm -hmm. I could share with them my past, and the fighting and the guys beating up the girls ended, not because of what I could do, but because of the fact that I didn't stand for it and had been trained. And they know that the principals, the counselors, and the administrators, they've been trained to allow them to get away with this type of activity. It, the, the hardest thing for me with the whole situation is these are babies. 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old kids, Mark, are not grown men and women. Mm -hmm. They need strong leadership. Yeah, but and yet we have them fighting wars overseas, too, you know? Absolutely. And, and I can tell you, those men and women that are overseas, I just left a, a group of Marines that, that we they was having a conversation. They are young men. But you know what they got when they go to war overseas? Strong leadership. All right, my friend, I appreciate your input. Today's program is different. I threw everything out the window, and we will continue 
Uh, we do not have any new news about the slaughter, the Valentine's Day slaughter in Broward County, Florida, at the high school there. We'll be right back. Conservative. No ifs, ands, or buts. Call in at 877-381-3811. You know, thousands of athletes, well, they're going for the gold, aren't they? And as the clear champions of the bathroom, Dollar Shave Club deserves a gold medal, too, you know. And, uh... Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look, smell, feel your best. Shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, and of course, the best razors I've ever used. I get an amazing high-quality shave every morning from my DSC Executive Razor. Plus, their Dr. Carver Shea Butter is the gold standard of the morning. It helps the razor gently glide across your skin. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything. That means no more trips to the store wandering the aisles, hunting for razors and shampoo and toothpaste, then paying the cashier, scanning, bagging. Just go for the gold. Join Dollar Shave Club today. It's just five bucks. For just five bucks, with free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shea butter and body cleanser. Just check it out. Just give it a try. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. It's very simple. dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. Let's go to Lou, Grass Valley, California, the great KSFO. How are you, Lou? Hey, good, Mark. Uh, uh, you, in 1975, yep. I was a school district peace officer. And I had to go through the Sheriff's Academy. And in that position, you're a, you're uh, a state uh, uh, peace officer. You're under the California Code. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that, that you should arm teachers because mm-hmm. they don't have the uh, training that I had. Not only was I a peace officer and gone through the academy, but I'd also spent time in the Marine Corps. So I was well-versed with weapons. But with teachers carrying guns, there's a liability that peace officers don't have. And, you know, I just think it's the wrong way to go. I think each school district should have their own peace uh, police department. And if they just... I, I, don't, I don't know if each school district should have their own police department, <clears throat> but maybe the local police department can be in charge of providing, uh, you know, you have to man up, woman up, the local police department with more trained uh, officers and trained specifically for these circumstances, perhaps. You know, I would leave it up to the communities. I really would. The community's different. You know, in some of the more rural communities, I bet teachers know exactly what to do with weapons. But either way, uh, right now, most of these schools have nothing. Absolutely nothing. they get into a clash. Yeah. All right, Lou. Good call. We appreciate it. Susan, Long Island, the great WABC in New York. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Um, I'm a newly retired 32-year veteran teacher, New York City teacher. 
And I'd like to talk about the aspects of this that I understand and, and, and know very well about. Um, while what happened today is absolutely horrible, it's pre also predictable. There are kids in our schools that, and if, and if teachers are honest, they will say, yeah, they'll be able to spot these kids that these kids are in trouble and that these kids could possibly, potentially do something bad one day. And there's no safety net and there's nothing for these kids. We need to red flag them. We need to provide some kind of intervention or at the worst, at the least, um, uh, isolate them away from the good ones if we have to, but there has to be something in place. Now keep something in mind. This guy was expelled. He was removed from the school. Right. Which was probably a great idea. Yeah, that's but true. But he shot right. his way back in. But I bet if you would have asked teachers earlier on, they would have said, yeah, he's, he's a troubled kid, and they should have gotten to him a lot sooner. But I'm not sure what you do with him. Okay, we got to him. He's a nut job. We expelled him from school. At now what do we do? How about younger, earlier on, get to the parents somehow, maybe counseling, maybe... I, I just think there's so many students that some of these guys slip through. And I don't know that we can ever come up with a plan, a model, a strategy that's going to stop all of them. I think most of them do slip through because we have nothing in place. Almost but we nothing. don't have, I mean, let's be honest, this doesn't happen every day, this kind of mass murder in a school. It just, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it just doesn't. There are kids that, that, that are doing That have the potential, you're saying. Yeah, they have the potential, and they're doing other things. They're not shooting, but they're start, they're they're beating up. Or you know, you you can hear all about teachers being beaten up all the time, kids being beaten up and bullied all the time. Um, no, I think that's right. No, I think so, that's right. And it just all right, all right, Susan. I appreciate your call. Don't get mad. I got to move on. Nate, Colorado Springs, Colorado, the great KVOR. Go. Hey, Mark, pleasure to speak with you. Uh, I, I agree with the police officer from Chicago that uh, having the armed uh, security personnel at the school would be at least a uh, somewhat of a deterrent. Um, I think that uh, you're not going to stop every incident if someone Should they be really uniform? Wants. Should they be uniform or undercover? I think plain clothes would be more more appropriate. Uh, I think. Don't you think? Don't you think? Uniform would be more of a deterrent? The uniform may be more of a deterrent, but there again, if you have someone who's intent on doing something, then having someone in plain clothes would allow for them not to be identified more readily and would allow the plain clothes officer the opportunity to maybe respond. How, how about this? Now that you mention this, it's interesting. You know, every airline does not have a marshal on it. Many of them do. But they're plain and they're in plain clothes, and they don't announce themselves. Why not take that kind of model uh, in a school district? If every school is not covered, at least a significant number of them are, and they're moving around, uh, which limits the chances, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think that would be a deterrent. I think also, though, that as as the police officer, you know, from Chicago mentioned. I think our politicians, unfortunately, it doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, at this particular point, I don't think they have the stomach, you know, to do what may be the hard thing, which would in turn be the right thing. 
um, to do. I, I just don't think they have the stomach for it. Um, you know, I I had I, I met uh, an hour, hour and a half ago in the Denver International Airport, met John Boehner, and struck up a conversation with him John and had a conversation with him, and I I could walk away from that conversation more upset and feeling like anybody associated with that guy needs to go. Anybody that was around him was a friend oh, of him. Oh, you mean you had a conversation with him today and you were really turned off? I did. I did. I met him in the Denver International Airport. I had to drop my wife off for a flight, and he happened to walk up, and we struck up a conversation. And uh, it, it became very apparent that uh, you know he, he doesn't see any doesn't see any need to try and defeat uh, you know more of the liberal socialist policies. He doesn't see a need to try and push, you know, the more... Now keep some in mind, he was, he was Obama's friend, and he hated conservatives. He especially hated me for some reason. Well, exactly. And, and all, the more, all the more reason why I walked away more upset than when I first started the conversation that, you know, it just, it just seems more and more clear that we have politicians that, you know, they say glowing things, say all the things you necessarily want to hear, and then don't actually have the backbone to follow through with it. And I'm not trying to lump everyone in that category. There are some good members of Congress, certainly Mr. Gomert and Mr. Cruz and some of those individuals like right. that. They, they certainly seem to walk the walk and talk the talk at the same time. All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. Let's go to Mike, Chicago, Illinois, the great WLS. Go ahead. How you doing, sir? Okay. Thank you for letting me have the privilege of being on. Um, I also agree with the police officer from Chicago. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up with all sorts of different people. The most people that I respect are the Israelis because they know how to treat their children. They treat them like a national treasure. There's one picture you could find on Google Images. If you type in Israeli teacher gun, you're going to come up with a young woman, probably barely 20 years old, with a sidearm, with like a flock of 10 children. Democrats want to say that uh, they're equal opportunity for women. They want to put women in the armed services and the Marine Corps, but yet they are prejudiced against women teachers from being able to protect children in our schools. There are all sorts of ways that they could do it. They can make it a benefits package. They could uh, make it a community uh, perk <coughs> to teach these teachers you know, how to have firearms training. I don't buy it. There should either be police officers or armed teachers uh, inside these schools. And the Israelis didn't allow it to happen. I believe there was an incident in the 70s where the Palestinians shot up a bus in the 70s, and they said no more, and all the teachers were armed going forward. And it's just enough is enough, and we need to protect our children and treat them all like right, they sir. are. All right, sir. I appreciate your call. Very good call. A lot of good calls. Frank Woodbridge, Woodbridge, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go ahead. Hello, Mark. How are you tonight? Okay, thank you. Um, of course, we hear about the gun banning, but the first thing I'd want to say is how much of this is copycat and fame gathering from, from these shooters? The second thing I want to say, when they start talking about banning and they bring up the AR-15, as I told you, or call screener, the software for an AR-15 to be built by your 3D printer has been out there for six or seven years. And there's software to build a Glock in your garage in less than an hour. I don't, I don't really want to get into this argument tonight about gun control. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it the next day, likely. Um, 
these arguments that the left make are absolutely preposterous and they use the most horrific events to exploit the emotions of the American people, but that's not that's not where my head is at tonight. So, Frank, give me a call tomorrow. Let's go to Lou, our buddy Lou Milford, Connecticut, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Hi, Mark. Um, you and I both grew up in the 60s and 70s, and incidents like these were the furthest things from our mind, yet we had guns in this country. And you have to look at what has changed. And, you know, night after night, you talk about the philosophy of our founders. And then the last few nights, you talked about the philosophy of the left. And it engenders hate. And, you know, like a garden, if you go out to the garden, you throw that hate as the fertilizer. This is what we get in return. And until we recognize that our schools also nurture that same ideology, this is going to be a difficult thing to defeat. Now, there's a discussion for the practical aspect, you know, of, of, of uh, thwarting the, the physically thwarting the events. But we have to look at ourselves. What's changed in society that's created these incidents? I think that's the real uh, issue that we have to address. And, what's, and what, what do you perceive that to be? Well, I, I, I think the schools have to be control of the schools has to be brought back to the local authorities where parents have are able to contribute to to uh, uh, what's being taught this and guy was a bad guy they expelled him to keep him away from the other students he was no longer a student he's 19 years old kills two people to get into the school gets into the school shoots it up apparently shot 14 people to death uh, then shot another person on, as, somewhere as he was uh, wandering after his killings and so forth. And so um, I don't know what else. I mean, in, in terms of that student, I don't know what else a school district can do. In terms of defending the school, in my view, there's things schools can do. We've been discussing them tonight. Multiple things, multiple ideas they can do all over the country. And... Like I say, we have marshals in our in our uh, airliners, and they're not in every one, but they're in a lot of them. I don't know why we can't have similarly trained individuals in our schools, other than there's some ideological or political opposition to it. If we love our children, why do we, you know, you're not going to you're not going to prevent people from being evil. What you need to do is prevent evil people to the extent you can. And by the way. There's only so much you can do, too, is to prevent them from doing what they want to do. Lou, I got to run. Thank you, buddy. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I can tell you want to talk about this, and I want to hear what you have to say, and that's what we're doing tonight. This being the obvious the mass murder at this uh, high school in Florida, in Broward County. Absolutely horrific. 17 dead so far. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Dallas, 11 degrees. New York, 9 degrees. Minneapolis, minus 2 degrees. Winter is in full swing. And your HVAC system's working overtime, isn't it? 
Now, if you aren't properly maintaining your filters, you're not only breathing unhealthy air, you just might find yourself with no heat and thousands of dollars in repairs. Now, there's a better way with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. FilterBuy.com carries over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in America. It's a small business owned by an American family. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options, all the way up to hospital grade, so you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. And right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you never need to think about air filters again. Save money, save time, breathe better air with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. Wonderful products, wonderful service. You really ought to check them out. FilterBuy.com. All right, let's see here. Uh, Janine, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite. How are you? Hi, Mark. Sorry you're under the weather. Love your passion, first-time caller. Thank you. Uh, this, this school shooting, it, it, it's a shame, and uh, I don't think that the schools can do anything. Being 90% of it is socialism, and they put these kids into a category. Um, I, I agree with you, disagreeing with your caller, Susan, but agreeing with you that there needs to be a present in the school to, to deter these kids to say, yeah, I wouldn't do that because this guy right here will put you in handcuffs. You know, um, the problem with some of these kids is, in the schools is that some of these teachers don't care about them. They get pushed through the system because they push them on to the next teacher, to the next grade, or just expel them. But what, what about, and I bet there is a lot of that, but what about the teacher that might care, but they're caught up in the bureaucracy and there's not a hell of a lot they can do about it? Oh, I absolutely agree with you on that. And my, the example I have is my daughter was being bullied, and they had this great big huge bull, no bullying policy. She was being bullied by her own friends because she wasn't giving into the peer pressure, which till this day I'm proud of her. She's an adult and a mother herself. Mm -hmm. um, but she didn't give into it because she knew that, you know, I would take her freedoms away and ground her and so on and so forth. But so they turned on her. The school refused to do anything, and they were doing all the bullying there. They wanted to brush it under the rug. They wanted to make it go away because they would, they would not receive their state and or federal government uh, funding that they were mm -hmm. getting for the no bullying policy. Is there, mm -hmm. There's no bullying on the records. They'll get the funding. If there's bullying on the records, they're not doing what they're supposed to, so on and so forth. It's these kids get How, caught How's up in, your daughter doing, by the way? She she's an amazing mother, All and right. I'm extremely proud of her. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for your call, my friend. We have another hour. I hope you'll stay with us. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 
Remarkably, after all this time, five, six hours now, there isn't particularly new information coming out from the mass murder that took place in Broward County at the high school there in Florida. And then I think to myself, well, what new information should there be? We already know an awful lot. I'm sure we'll know more as time goes on. Seventeen people slaughtered. They never had a chance. When a gunman goes into a school, people are going to die. When a gunman goes into a movie theater, people are going to die. When a gunman goes into a shopping center, people are going to die. When a gunman goes into a sports arena, people are going to die. Because maybe there's a fraction of a fraction of those facilities that are prepared to at least try to address somebody who comes in and intends to slaughter as many people as they can, but the vast majority are not. And it's very strange, isn't it? The unilateral disarmament, particularly where people are most vulnerable, particularly where there's kindergartners, elementary school students, middle school students, high school students. It's a strange thing. And even then, you're not going to stop everyone. It's just not possible. Tonight, people are going to be killed all across America. All across the world, of course, but all across America. In cities where we have the finest police forces on the face of the earth. People are going to die tonight. Because there are evil human beings out there. Who do evil things. Despite civil society, despite codified criminal laws, because this is who they are, this is what they do, they're predators. Predators. Anyway, it is, uh, it is depressing to watch this, to me. It's absolutely horrifying. There are more horrible things that go on in the world, I suppose. But it's horrifying because we can identify it. It's in America. It's in one of our communities. It doesn't mean there are easy answers. It doesn't mean there are any answers. Perhaps there are some suggestions. We've talked about them tonight. Even in police states, people are murdered. Let's go to Pete, Manhattan, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I've you been bet. a fan for a long time. Thank um, you. I'm a retired police officer, 25 years. I happen to be married to a teacher as well. And uh, regarding the idea of arming the teachers, just don't think it's going to work. Um, there's the kind of person, not, mind you, at the risk of speaking in sweeping generalizations, I'm going to make these statements. Um, of course, there's exceptions to every rule. But in general, the teaching career attracts nurturers, people who want to uh, nurture children and then help them thrive. That's why people go into teaching. It sure as heck isn't for the money. We know that. Police officers and, and the military generally 
are people who are more apt at dealing with confrontation. Um, I'm one of three boys, no sisters, grew up very competitive, very confrontational, all three of us cops. My dad was a, was a lieutenant colonel in the Army, West Point grad, never backed down from a confrontation. Was it nature? Was it nurture? That Who knows? That we all grew up to be cops. But we were round pegs for that round hole. You gave us guns. We handled them well. We handled people. We knew what we were doing. My wife, on the other hand, is a nurturer. She's not the type to – she won't shy away from a confrontation, but she's better at being that nurturing aspect that's going to raise children. And I don't think – she comes from a cop family herself, so she's even more confrontational than the ordinary teacher. But knowing all the friends I've known through her, not likely that they, even if they were trained in the operation of a firearm, that they'd have the... the well, let, me, let, let me ask you this, Pete. There are, just, just as a point, there are teachers who have been in the military. There are teachers who were police officers. I'm not saying teachers have to be armed. I'm just saying these schools, in my view, these... These school buildings need protection, and uh, they need human protection. And right. and I, I I don't care if we have a sort of a, a statewide or community marshals type service or whatever it is. I just feel something has to be done, and I'm sure there's a number of teachers out there who, with different pasts and different backgrounds, who might be able to handle it. But in any event, I would leave it to each community. Yeah, I certainly don't have all the answers, but I can tell you for sure. 100% certainty that recognizing the fact that there is evil in this world and it exists in the hearts of men is the first step because Amen. And sometimes there's no easy way to fix that now is there? To deny the existence of the evil is is not a plan for, it's just a plan for failure. Um, mm -hmm. there, there was a, an excerpt from a, a book on combat written by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman and uh, it's commonly referred to on sheeps, on wolves, sheep, and sheepdogs. A um, few pages long is a quick read, but in general, he he breaks down a warrior mentality as as a sheepdog and a and a and the evil in the world as the wolves and the sheep, those who just simply deny that the wolf exists. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to recognize that that wolf does exist. And although we don't like the sheepdog because he looks a lot like the wolf and he's got pointy teeth, we have to recognize the fact that he's needed. The entire flock cannot hide behind one sheepdog or even find him when the wolf is knocking at the door. No, that's right. All right, my friend. Thank you for your service and your call. Much appreciated. Let's go to Jim, Springfield, Missouri, the great KSGF. Go, sir. Hi, Mark. I'm a big fan. Hi. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank the, uh, you. the police officer who, who was just talking to you, he's, he's really spot on. I retired uh, after 27 years in the Las Vegas Police Department. That, there, there are a number of reasons why we have uh, these type of mass shootings. Of course, one of the violent video games, et cetera, et cetera, that these kids are exposed to the lack of discipline uh, in schools, the, the, the fact that corporal punishment has been taken away. But also, when I was a young patrolman, Mark, we were able to what was called form six people. When somebody was acting strangely or odd or acting with a very curious behavior, we could actually take custody of these people 
and take them up to a, a, a facility up on West Charleston Boulevard where they'd be assessed. From here, they would be taken to Sparks, Nevada, where they were institutionalized. Then all of a sudden, and this happened, really, with people from the left. They said that was inhumane. Well, the These courts jumped be, in. Yeah, go ahead. The courts jumped in, Mark, and now they can be medicated, and they're normal now. They're mm -hmm. normal. The problem is that although it, it regulated them, Oftentimes, these people got off their medication, and no one <clears throat> was, was really monitoring it. They become schizophrenic again. I've had to confront people like this. And dangerous in many instances. Very, absolutely. Absolutely dangerous, Mark. They would look at law enforcement or a regular person and actually see a devil, and they would go off. There, there, are, there are several <coughs> things that can be done. I don't know. I'll, if I'll give you an example. My wife's going to be... Absolutely furious with me, and she'll call during the break. I've had a threat against me, a very serious one. And I'm not going to name much beyond that. And this is a person who, when this person goes off their medication, uh, they think very violent things. But the person's in his 40s. And so it becomes a very difficult situation. So trust me when I tell you I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Well, well, I've been there, and uh, unfortunately, I remember um, addressing a, a neighborhood watch group, and when these things started to, to come about where we can no longer take control of these people, I said, get prepared because it's coming, and we're going to have major problems. And again, the corporal punishment, you know, they, hey, when I was a kid, you didn't talk about You, you, you read what happened today, right, that a teacher physically forced or made a student stand up. It was either to sing the anthem or his pledge allegiance, and that teacher's under investigation for assault battery. Did you read that today? I saw that in Colorado, and it's sickening to me. I can tell you this, Mark. When I was a kid, my father would look at me and say, if you ever disrespect a teacher or a police officer or an adult, and you get out of line, you wait till you get home. And I knew he meant it. But that's gone away. Now, little Johnny is the victim. Now, I don't mean that we, we, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we never listen to a kid, and, I, and there could be abuse, there are abusive police officers at times, or even school teachers. But that's not the norm. That is not the norm. And parents got the parents, they got to teach kid respect and discipline, and they've taken God out of schools too, Mark, and that's a big problem. I'm All right, my guess. friend. Jim, good call, man. Thanks for your service too. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Well, you're going to hear these tomorrow anyway, folks. You're going to hear these tomorrow anyway. The media, well... Let's start with Cut 18, Chuck Todd on MSNBC to Senator Bill Nelson of Florida. Go ahead. Do you have an idea of how to break through the paralysis on the politics of it? I mean, look, the state of Florida Guns is well known for having um, perhaps the most, you know, pro-gun rights owners laws in the country outside of Texas. Um, the culture, you may not be able to change on that. But how would you break through that paralysis on this issue? Keep trying. And, of course, you can hear the emotion in my voice. Uh, and I think there are a lot of other people out there that 
if these things continue like they have in the past, almost with regularity all over, and remember there was a, a, a shooting uh, just a year ago in the same county, Broward County at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. Uh, and, of course, what happened in Las Vegas and, and go on and on and on all the way back and before Sandy Hook. Uh, and so how do you break through? At some point, the American people are going to say, in fact, we've had enough, and they're going to demand of their members of Congress and their state legislators that things start changing. Well, should the people demand that the First Amendment change so all these violent videos and movies and television shows on cable and so forth, should they demand that they change too? Should we demand that under the First Amendment? I mean, really, I don't want to get into this tonight, but you're going to hear this stuff. This stuff was taped earlier today. Mr. Producer just started picking it up. He tells me it's all over the place. NBC's Tom Costello on MSNBC today. Cut 17, go. But in the case of school shootings, uh, 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 too often a white male, a boy, a teenage boy, or a 20-something boy who is disenfranchised, the FBI uh, profilers will tell you very often they're disenfranchised, they've been cut off for whatever reason from the other students. Maybe it's bullying, maybe it's social awkwardness, maybe it is a relationship that they wanted to pursue with some girl. Now let's didn't stop. So now we have a mouthful of maybes. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But he's all, and they all are headed in one direction. Go ahead. For whatever reason, they turn to uh, violence. They turn to uh, dark violence and video games or on the Internet. And that seems to be, yet again, what has played out here again today, according to uh, people who knew him. So then, if you believe in this sort of thing, you should shut down the Internet and eliminate violence. Control Hollywood, right? Go ahead. One teacher who said that he was a threat to other students last year. Uh, Chris, I looked up. You know, God, I hate doing this because we do this and we, we report on these mass killings and we think this can't have happened again. But let me run through the numbers here. Las Vegas massacre. How easily we forget 59 people killed there. The Orlando nightclub massacre. Has somebody 49. forgotten that? Has anybody forgotten any of this? Go ahead. Attack, 32. Newtown school shooting, that was 27. Uh, you remember the Sutherland Springs Church shooting last year in Texas in November? 25 dead there. Columbine uh, in Littleton, Colorado, my hometown, 13 dead there, and that was uh, 19 years ago. Uh, this, according to Bill Bratton, the former NYPD commissioner, is yet another example of how this country seems to have this sick preoccupation uh, with guns. And the country doesn't have a sick preoccupation with anything. There's 320 million of us. We don't shoot up everyone. This country doesn't have a sick preoccupation with anything. This is a very evil human being who did this. What is with this group thinking, these group arguments, and the constant attack on the country and the people of this country? Those doctors, those are Americans. Those police officers, those are Americans. There were probably countless numbers of heroism in that school. Those are Americans. We are Americans. That's the country. Don't pick the most evil among us, who do the most heinous things among us, and tell us that's the country. It's not the country. 
Jim Hines, a congressman on CNN today. Cut 15, go. This institution uh, is not going to move. Uh, think about, uh, it, it, you know, as you said, 20 dead babies uh, in Connecticut wasn't enough to move the heart of this place. The, we all learned about something called a bump stock after the Las Vegas uh, shootings. This institution, the United States Congress, couldn't even muster the strength uh, or, or the political will uh, to pass a law against bump stocks, something that serves no purpose other than to turn a semi-automatic... bump stocks used today? I'm just curious. No. I'm not a big advocate of bump stocks. I'm just saying. Let's say we had outlawed bump stocks the day after Las Vegas, which, of course, was horrendous. Let's say we did that. Would that have stopped what took place today? No. Let's say we expanded the list of individuals on the so-called terror list. I believe there's millions of people on this list uh, who shouldn't own weapons. Would that have stopped this individual today? No. Go ahead. To an automatic weapon of death, as we saw exhibited in Las Vegas. You know, this place is in the thrall of the NRA. It's in the thrall of the idea. It's, it's, it's a the NRA con- actually supported, so many words, the regulation of bump stocks. So why is he attacking the NRA? Because they can't help it. They can't help it. They run to their friends in the media. They run to the microphones, and this is what they do. There's nothing productive about this. Nothing whatsoever. Go ahead. You know, is it bump stocks? Is it mental health? Is it universal background checks? The opponents of actually doing the things that we could do that every other country has done to reduce gun violence um, rely on how challenging it is. Most countries have not reduced gun violence. Most of the world is horrifically violent. They're not worried about pistols or AR-15s. They're using bazookas and grenades, slitting people's throats. They're doing all kinds of stuff. I'll be right back. seems so confusing. Mike will be glad to clear that up for you. Call him now at 877-381-3811. PM Capital, ladies and gentlemen. What's on your bucket list? We have all things we want to do, right? Not just work till the bitter end. Well, that's me, but no matter what your answer, there's one thing you definitely need to knock down your bucket list. Money. Investing for the future is critical. And today it's more complicated than ever. We're facing a very different retirement reality, and sadly, many within the sound of my voice are simply not ready for it. Look, even though we're living with financial uncertainty and geopolitical instability, it doesn't mean we can't plan a proper retirement, one that includes all of us in drawing our bucket list. It is possible to live the retirement lifestyle that you've dreamed about, the retirement that you deserve. And uh, I want you to download PM Capital's free report called Bulletproof Your Bucket List at marklevingold.com, marklevin, M-A-R-K-L-E-V-I-N, gold.com, or call 1-800-599-8391. That's 1-800-599-8391. Start planning for retirement now to enjoy your bucket list around the corner. Again, get the report at marklevingold.com or call 1-800-599-8391. That's 1-800-599-8391. What's on your bucket list? Make achieving it 
the most important item in your financial planning. All right, let's see here. Let's go to Scott, West Branch, Michigan, on the Mark Levin app, a school bus driver. I'll bet you've seen plenty on those school buses. Yes, I have. Uh, I'm a semi-retired uh, engineer, uh, processing and uh, robotics. The reason I mention that is because uh, we're proactive in engineering. And I'm, I'm, I'm listening uh, to uh, the news broadcast today, and they're talking about code red and so forth, and they have these uh, various uh, procedures that uh, supposedly protect the students during during an incident like this in the schools. But I wanted to point out that uh, in the school buses, and, uh, it, and I'm in a small district, and we may have 20 buses in a lineup and 20 to 60 people or students in each bus. I mean, they're kill boxes. And yet uh, there's no procedures that we have uh, executed or practiced uh, to protect the students in such an event. And, uh, and I will be bringing that up to the superintendent here tomorrow. But uh, it's just something that I, I, I think that, you know, we all need to be more proactive in protecting these children in these situations. I agree with you. I agree. The vulnerabilities are unbelievable. And when the politicians get involved, they don't want to talk about serious ways to protect our kids. It's very infuriating. They have their agenda, they just keep pushing their agenda, and nothing's going to slow them down. Thank you for your call, Scott. Let's see. Mark, St. Louis, Missouri, Sirius XM. Go right ahead. Hey, good evening, Mark. Um, What I'd like to talk about, uh, I'm an ex-airline pilot, Mm -hmm. and in the wake of September 11th, they started a program to arm uh, pilots in the cockpit, and it's called the Federal Flight Deck Officer Program, FFDO. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this is something that pilots volunteer for. It's not required, but uh, they volunteer for the program. They get law enforcement-type training in, in weapons usage, and they're allowed to carry their guns in the cockpit. So I've heard a lot of callers talk about, you know, basically no teacher should be armed or basically every teacher should be armed. But I think that in addition to having kind of like frontline defenses at a school, that they should also have teachers who, who volunteer for this, it's not required whatsoever, but under the auspices of, of uh, the state government or local government or the police department or whatever, they can go get training and be allowed to conceal carry in the classroom, and this would be an extra line of defense, and it would kind of have the benefit of you have your visible security on the outside of the school, but you also have kind of your invisible, you know, who's armed and who's not security inside the school. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd certainly think this is something people who are more expert and professional than I, but I I don't see any reason why we can't learn from how we've trained pilots, our marshal services, other services out there, and apply them to our uh, schools. I don't, honest to God, I do not know why this is being treated as something where, uh, even though our most vulnerable, you know, citizens live, live and work in these places, hours and hours at a time, go to school in these places... I don't understand why we can't apply what we've learned in these other areas to that. Well, I think it's because the left is so incredibly invested in the, you know, disarming the populace and being against the Second Amendment that to to kind of grant this position weakens weakens their core values on anti-Second Amendment sentiment so much that they can't accept it. It would mm-hmm. start to... Uh, break down their, their Weltanschauung, you know, their worldview. And uh, I, I just don't see why the kids, especially kids, 
can't be protected in this manner with with a purely volunteer force of, of armed teachers who, uh, you know, just have the best the kids' best interests at heart, and and you know the average criminal, the average psycho. Um, will will think twice or even three times before entering one of these schools again. All right, sir. I appreciate your call. Let's continue. Crockett, Ryan, Texas, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Okay. Good. I, I think what we're looking at, you had a gentleman earlier that said that we didn't used to have these kinds of, of shootings, and I, I think that's true. But I think what it is, it's the result of the progressive assault on individual life and the value of life and on the value of the family um it's it's to me it's almost by design to cause distrust amongst ourselves so that we'll that we'll, we'll turn to the government when there's nowhere else to go when we don't have a strong family unit um i think that's what we're looking at and i would ask everybody to to simply look within rather than looking to the government or looking to officials look within look to your family take care of your own do what you can where you are and, and when you are all right my friend appreciate your call it's a very unusual show for me where i'm really more interested in what you have to suggest and say than what i have to say john portland oregon the great kufo go mark thank you for taking my call yeah I just want to say that I don't think this is a gun control issue exactly like you're saying. I think there's an underlying problem of actually what's going on. So when I was in middle school and high school, I was bullied every single day. Come every single day, I'd be bullied by teachers. They'd call me, you know, fat, fourth meal, everything like that. And I would tell people and they wouldn't help me and no one would do anything. It got to the point to where I harbored up probably so much anger inside of me where I wanted to take it out on them. And I think that could also be a really big problem here. And thankfully, I had a great mother and a great father who took me to counseling, talked me through it and everything like that, and teach me, basically, God says not to hate others and love them like you would love your brother or sister. And I eventually learned that. And what a problem is, is that these people, they probably just don't know that stuff. They don't have the right parents or the right teachers or the right counselors to teach them this and have them, you know, not do well, that, not what? harbor all that anger and hate. Your parents had the right son. You sound terrific to me. Oh, thank you. Yep. Yeah. They they really worked me through it because, I mean, I it would just get to the point where everyone would make fun of me. I tried to lose weight and get through it, but, oh, gosh, it was pretty tough. And I even had teachers making fun of me. Like, they're no That is, that is disgusting. Oh, I know. It really is. And they even got to the point where I was getting suspended for people making fun of me, me getting bullied, me getting sucker punched in the back of the head to where they were trying to expel me just to get the problem out of there. That is shocking. It's sad. It's all I'm here in Oregon, very liberal, very left. Yeah, well. There's no one here to help. It's sad. All and right, my that friend. Probably be uh, maybe of a problem somewhat. Well, or the guy can just be a nut. He could just be evil. He could just be hateful, right? A nut. You need someone to cause you to be a nut. Like if uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Well, I mean, if I so, some people get... some people are born evil. Someone else. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well done. I appreciate your call. Let us go to Dean in Philadelphia, the great WNTP. Go. Hello, Mark. Thank you very much for what you do every day in defense of our Constitution and Americanism. 
I'm a former educator, recently um, have left the profession, and I heard the law enforcement officer retired for 25 years talking about the characteristics that make a teacher and the nurture aspect. Um, I'm also somebody who has been trained in firearms since I was a small child um, with uh, military veterans and military personnel throughout my family. What I wanted to say was, as far as, and I agree with the airline pilot, as far as um, vol- teachers volunteering to, one, go through a psychological test, as well as um, a professional training in order to be uh, have concealed uh, carry responsibilities within a school setting. Um, with that being said, I also believe that those people's identities should be concealed. I don't think anybody other than the administrators of the school should have access to who those people are. I've spoken a great deal with various law enforcement um, people, SWAT team members, police, and uh, so forth, and they keep coming back to the two things. One is the characteristic that makes a teacher. Part of nurturing is also defending your students or defending um, the people around you. And the other also, um, the one that they would bring up quite often, was the idea of a teacher or administrator being disarmed by a student, which, to be quite honest, is ludicrous. Therefore, I believe that if their identities are concealed, that also plays to the element of surprise to somebody who is coming in to an environment like that. What about the element of deterrent? Um, Well, I think the element of deterrent would be the simple fact that Schools are not, quote-unquote, gun-free zones. That would be the deterrent. And then Mm -hmm. the actual ability to respond to a situation where the only people who know the uh, the people who are actually carrying concealed, one are the administrators and two are the people who would then respond, who are on-premise, on-site, and able to respond immediately. All right. Very thoughtful. I appreciate it. How about Lee, Las Vegas, the great KDWN, KDON? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll go right back to Lee when we return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, today's show has been very, very different for obvious reasons. You got to be able to, you know, adjust and adjust to deal with what's taking place in the country and throw out the window whatever you were planning. And when a mass murdering barbarian goes into a high school and slaughters 17, 16 people, really, in front of and in, and slaughters another person and perhaps more depending on how their surgeries go, several are still in critical condition. I mean, you just can't ignore it. And I think it's very important as a country that we speak about this. And I think that's what we've been trying to do here. You know, I love my car. I love my 2010 Camaro. But it's reached the age where things are starting to go wrong. I don't worry about those problems anymore. Not since I got extended vehicle service protection from CarShield. Getting covered by CarShield 
is a very good idea. It's affordable protection that can save you thousands for a covered repair. You know, a new fuel pump can cost you over $500. Replacing a water pump's over $1,000. And if you need repairs to a control arm or a torque converter, stuff most of us never heard of until they tell us it's broken and you need to replace it, now we're talking thousands of dollars. They even have plans that cover your car's computer, GPS, electronics, and lots more. CarShield's the ultimate, ultimate in extended coverage, and they get your favorite mechanic or dealership paid directly. So it's not a matter of you being reimbursed over a period of weeks or months. You're not involved in that. They pay directly. Sign up today, and you'll get 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is in the shop. Safe yourself from high repair bills. Get covered by CarShield like I did before something goes wrong. Call 800-CAR-6100. 800-CAR-6100. And mention Levin. Mention Levin. Or visit carshield.com, carshield.com. Use code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save 10% in either case. That's 800-CAR-6100. Mention Levin. Carshield.com. Code Levin, L-E-V-I-N. Save 10%. A deductible may apply. All right, all the networks... All the usual suspects, networks. MSNBC's Jim Cavanaugh, a former ATF special agent. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. The argument that gun safety laws uh, don't work has, it, I mean, it's, it's jumped shark week. It, it's gone. Yeah. Look at these mass killings. That argument is gone. We, we need to have reasonable laws, not take away anybody's rights. Everybody's got to work together, or are we making the Second Amendment a suicide pact for all of us? This guy is a walking, talking platitude. I have no idea what he's recommending. He has no idea what he's recommending. Nothing. That horrific Las Vegas mass murder. Just stomach-wrenching. With this bump shield. And they said if we would outlaw that bump shield, Look what we would achieve. Then we have this mass murder with 17 people. It had nothing to do with a bump shield. Boy, there's evil people out there. Some of them take over countries like the Third Reich, like the Soviet Union, like Iran, like North Korea. You can go down the list. Some of them run gangs. Some of them are mass murderers. And they walk among us. They walk among us. All right. Let's take some calls here. Lee, Las Vegas, Nevada, the great K-Don. Go right ahead. It's an honor to speak to you, sir. Thank you. Um, my take on the teachers being armed. I do maintenance and security now. I do have law enforcement training, active shooter training. I'm going to a meeting again tomorrow to stay with it. But teachers, I'm against it. The teacher's number one job in any traumatic situation, whether it's a fire drill or an active shooter or whatever, is to the kids in the room. The kids all look to the teacher for the guidance they've been trained to do so. Um, a teacher being armed doesn't help because a teacher has a gun, all of a sudden something starts happening, and they look at their students and they say, okay, you guys get in the corner, I'll be right back. That is going to be more traumatic than them staying in there, keeping them calm, keeping them quiet, Getting them out when they're given the signal. Well, can we all agree? Can we all agree that there should be some presence in these schools? Oh yeah, I'm getting ready to give you that. 
Uh, Go ahead, before we run out of we, time. We have an armed security team in my private school. Um, administrators, ones that are not with the students 24-7 and have the ability to freely move out without really being noticed as much. Those kinds of folks. An office manager, um, somebody that makes copies all day in the office, um, people like that, people that wander the halls all the time and are kind of just given a glance. Not the teachers whose job it is to keep the kids calm and safe and follow orders to get them out. I don't have a problem with this. I really don't. In I don't words, I, I'm, having, all, I'm all for metal detectors and everything. And, and a kid that's been expelled, they should have called the cops as soon as he set foot on campus or in the office. Period. Well, may, well, But you know what? It's not like everybody's standing around watching the front door. But um, People come and people go in these schools. What's that? That are just there to be great. A uh, security officer, he's the first one going to get taken out in a uniform. But non-uniform, um, veterans, everything, yes, put them in there. I am all for it. And be all honest. right, my friend. i got to run. I appreciate your call. Look, folks, I want to thank you for your one- <coughs> me, I'm trying here. wonderful, wonderful calls. I really do. I want to thank you. And what else can I say? I hope you're all safe, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll see you then. God bless you.